Hello and welcome to another Thursday morning manna. My name is Pastor Jeff Glenn and it's my pleasure to take you through the Word. So uh, let's dig in. We've been in Genesis and we're going to get into Genesis 13 today. And what we see is in Genesis 13, we see Abram beginning to take his family out of Egypt. We, we discovered last week and the week before, Egypt's kind of... Um, didn't hold a lot of promise for Abram and his family. So now he's, he's bringing his family out. And if we're honest, he's actually been disinvited uh, from Egypt due to his uh, sin with uh, lying about his wife, Sarah, uh, being his sister. And so he's kind of coming out of Egypt in a little bit of disgrace here. Um, but the, the other thing that's a head-scratcher, which we talked about last week, was this idea that he brought out of Egypt with him gold, silver, and livestock. You know, even even Lot had livestock. And so, you know, essentially they're deported, but they're allowed to keep all of this wealth that Pharaoh gave them. And so I find that interesting that, that what they deserved was probably punishment and, and death, but here they are coming out of Egypt with, with provision. And so um, as we look further into chapter 13, um, it, it's interesting here that we see um, in, in verse 1, it says, then, Ab then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him to the south. And so he's, he's coming up out of Egypt to the south of, of Israel in this area um, called the Negev. And it, it's the desert area, um, not a lot going on there as far as, um, you know, it's, it's not a farm area, and so it, he's coming up into the southern part out of Egypt. And so Egypt is this very fertile place. And so um, what we do see here is kind of a reverse walking tour, if you will, um, of Abram coming back into the land that he'd left um, from chapter 12. And so Abram's getting a good full view of the land that God will eventually fully delineate like the borders to him. Um, twice. And so chapter 12, verse 6, and chapter uh, 13, verse 3 describe the same area with Bethel and Ai or, or I and Shechem in the middle as the area that, that God originally told. And, we'll, and we can just read that here in 12.6 that, and Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were there in the land. And the, um, verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And then he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. So Abram builds this altar. And then we come back into the land, um, and it says that Abram went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. And so this is that place of Shechem. And so Abram's made this full circle tour of this land on his return. And what's interesting is we, is we see in this is God's provision and promise remains, right? So Abram had been um, in, in Egypt and had a debacle there, um, compromised his character and integrity, put his wife and his whole family in danger, and yet... Um, Abram was able to return to the same area where he had previously set up an altar. And we see that when he returned, that he worshiped the Lord there. And so 
Abram was recognizing God's promise and providence in his life and giving him praise. And so, but what, ha- what happens always in the Bible and in life, we see um, a, a moment of, of these peaks and valleys. And in verse 7, we see, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And so, almost immediately there's some kind of discord over not enough area for them to, to feed their livestock of, of which they had many. And so Abram, not wanting this discord and this disunity to continue, um, he wants to preserve this family relationship and preserve unity. So he gives Lot the choice of the land. He, he as we see here, says, just take a look at all the land that's before us and, and you can choose which land you would like to go uh, to graze in so that we don't have this conflict. And so this is kind of compounded a little bit here because we see at the end of verse 7 that the Canaanites and the Perizzites also were dwelling in the land at this time too. And so we, we know that these are the descendants of Cain who, remember from chapter 9, um, he's Ham's son. And so Ham was the one who had seen his father, Noah, seen his nakedness and acted in a way that brought um, disrespect to Noah. And so Noah announces this curse to Ham's offspring, which is Cain. And now we see them here in, in the land as the Canaanites and Perizzites, and, and they're all really descended from, from Cain. And so we got a lot going on here as Abram and Lot are trying to figure out their own discord and how to how to mitigate that. And so we see Abram taking the mature approach and telling Lot to, to take the land that he finds pleasing to him. And so um, we see the the Canaanites again, and when it needs to be mentioned, you know, that you know, from the curse of Noah to this time, you know, these people had grown distant from God. Um, they were openly hostile to, to God, and they were worshiping false idols that, at least in their imagination, um, they, they felt that they were demanded this kind of dark sacrifice and this dark worship that we'll get to later as we see them in the land. And so the, the other thing that we see is we see as Lot is choosing which land to go to, we see, we see this other... Uh, city in scripture it's really the the second city that's mentioned the first was Babel and then this is um, we see that um, as Lot is choosing his land we see that he's choosing a land that's near Sodom and you know we we find that the the Canaanites they were not nomadic shepherds like Abram and his family, um, they had settled in the land because it was rich and fertile and they could grow crops. So they were farmers. They had also um, built this city, Sodom and Gomorrah, as we'll see later. But um, So they had places of industry and trade and, and all of the rest. Um, and all of this provided them with a level of security and provision and prosperity. The problem was is they didn't attribute this blessing to God. They attributed it to, to their, their false god here, Baal. And, you know, so they rejected God and they had substituted um, a god of their own imagination. And, you know, one thing that's interesting here, too, is I don't think they were alone in that. It wasn't just their own imagination. We know that from the garden account that the serpent was more cunning and he deceived Eve. 
And so it's not specifically written in chapter 13 that the, that the um, serpent was involved, but we can imagine that they had help, right, in forming ideas that directed them towards this twisted worship of this false god and other false gods, as we'll see. But um, we get to Lot's choice. And so we can, we can see what might have motivated him to choose this area. You know, they had just left Egypt, um, and, you know, the, the memory of this rich and fertile Nile Valley must have still been fresh in their minds as Lot was surveying the land. And so he, he sees the Jordan River Valley, which is a valley that rivals um, any valley really in the world, but it certainly rivaled the Nile Valley in, in how rich and fertile it was. And so Lot must have felt some nostalgia for, for, the, for the Nile. And so he chose that area uh, to take his livestock to, to graze and uh, to raise his family and to take um, all those people that he was with him. And so he chose the familiar in what resembled Egypt um, and took his, took his family there. But it wasn't just enough to take him to the valley. He took them, as it says here in verse 12, even as far as Sodom. And so not only did he choose the Jordan Valley, um, but you know we see that he chose this area, as verse 13 says, but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So exceedingly. But this is the area that, that Lot chose. <clears throat> and so for just a little bit of nostalgia, Lot cozied up to these wicked men. And, you know, this compromise, you know, just for the promise of some plentiful land. And, and he's uh, put himself in some danger here. And so we know that the first thing that Abram did when he came out of Egypt, was to call on the name of the Lord, was to worship the Lord at the altar at Shechem. And so Lot was there with him as well. So he knew where Abram stood in, in regards to worshiping the Lord, and yet he chooses this uh, place where the men are exceedingly wicked against the Lord. And so that's, I find that interesting, just for the promise of, of some provision for his flock. And so um, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was after this, right after he allowed Lot to choose the the land, that the Lord gave Abram a, a more robust, a bigger picture of the boundaries of the land that he would promise to him and his descendants. We see in verse 14, after Lot chooses to go even as far as Sodom, that in verse 14 it says, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look to the place where you are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. And so it's after this incident here where Abram takes the mature approach and tells Lot, go, go and choose the land for yourself, that um, the Lord then more fully defines the boundaries and gives that picture to Abram that, that yes, you, you may have given up what seemed like the fertile ground to Lot, but, but look at everything that you see. And he'll later tell him uh, here in verse 17, arise, walk the land through its length and width. And... Every place that, and we'll see later, that every place that Abram's foot touched would be his. And so <clears throat> the point here is that the Lord is patient. 
he'll allow time for the intent of your heart to be revealed. Like he knew Abram's heart was was generous and, and trusting and but he wanted this this incident to take place with Lot, to, to have Lot to be the one to choose where the land was at before he blessed Abram. And so um, it's a benefit for us to go through some of these hard things. We see the strife and the decision to give Lot the preference, uh, but in the end, Abram gets it's the larger blessing. And so if you're waiting on the Lord, um, be be sure in the, his providence and provision for you is true like we're waiting we are waiting on his return like he's going to return for his church and gather us to himself so we're waiting on that so we be, we can be confident in that and so until next week uh, stay encouraged and stay in the word